1: It is that time of the week again. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Tommy Coughlin. We are back on the Pipe It Up podcast. I am joined by a special guest tonight. We're going to introduce him in just a second. Cue the intro. Okay. I have a very, very special someone here sitting to my right. He is a man, a man of many characteristics, many traits. Can I please have a drum roll for this intro? Dirty Daniel Schultz in the building. Dan, how are
2: we doing tonight? <laughs> I thought you were going to boo me, but uh, we're doing good. I'm <laughs> um, happy to be on. haven't been on in a while, so I'm definitely excited.
1: Yeah, we're happy to have you back here, man. It, it's been a while in general for everybody, I think. We took a big break here from Pipe It Up, but this is week two. I told you guys last time, we weren't going anywhere. We are here to stay, and Pipe It Up is back, to, back and better than ever. And today we got Daniel by my side, and we got some other guests coming as well. So for the show as a whole... Um, we're going to break down opening day, as you guys saw that video came out a few days ago. I hope you saw it. If you haven't yet, better go pause this, go check that out, and then come back. But we're going to break down opening day, Daniel and I, and then we're going to give both Drew Davis and Brendan Zerlag a call and get kind of their perspective on things as their team managers to see how they thought things went. Um, after that, we're going to do a little quick fan question of the day, and then we're going to turn to Daniel for some expectations for the Eagles season, as well as preview their upcoming series against the downtown Diamondbacks. Um, Daniel and I may break down some awards, a little way too early awards predictions as well, and then Dan can give us a little story about his vaccine (laughs) debacle, as he puts it. You'll
2: definitely have to stick around for that one. That's a funny one.
1: So, Dan, before we uh, before we give Drew or Brendan's or like a call, um, do you have anything that you want to share about Opening Day? What you saw? What you were surprised by? Anything like that?
2: For Opening Day, yeah, I mean, it was a great series overall. I just rewatched the video. Drew went off. You went seven for fourteen. Like yeah, he's batting five hundred. Like <laughs> early signs of my silver slugger, probably candidate. I'll pick. Um, yeah, I mean the pitching was up and down. Uh, definitely some. Uh, definitely a wild series. I'm, I'm glad it was the opening day video.
1: Yeah, that was insane. And like Drew, well Drew, you know he's a he's a big character, but um, he uh, he brings that intensity for sure with him to every series, and uh, I definitely think that it shows through in the videos. Um, I was surprised by just, I know people were kind of in the comments like, oh, there was 13 runs scored and one hit by the Gators and all that stuff, but forget the Gators. I was just shocked at how many hits the Cobras had. I mean, they weren't, there wasn't that many home runs in the series, but that one inning where they were rallying, it felt like every pitch thrown was a shot off one of the Cobras bats. I don't know. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I believe, I believe it was 14 hits total and like, it wasn't like just Drew. It was like literally every player on the Cobes was hitting the ball and like, all around, it, they they played very. And that well. was against
1: the World Series winning team. Yeah, so that's just, no
2: joke. They had two different pitchers. I think both came in that game. If uh, I might stand corrected there, but like it was it was not a fluke by any means.
1: Yeah, they're, the Cobras are looking great. They've looked great in the past in Game One of the season, and I feel like every year, we're like oh, this is just this Cobras team has a different feel and all that. But we know Beranowski's legit, so this Cobras team. I don't think we'll finish last place in the American League this year. I mean, I don't really know who will at this point. It's so competitive, and another draft class coming in, you already know that the talent's going to get even better, and Baranowski showed that in the last series. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what old Cap'n Drew Davis um, has to say about this series as a whole. We're going to give Drew a ring right now, get him on the horn, and I'm sure he'll have his personality on full effect. We're happy to have him back on Pipe It Up. I mean, this is his show that I've kind of taken over here, for a few weeks at least, to get this thing revived. So I'm happy that you guys get to address your your Lord and Savior, as he calls himself, (laughs) Drew Davis. But we're going to give Drew a ring right now.
2: Lord and Savior.
1: The Lord and Savior, Drew Davis. The one and only. We got him on the line, hopefully. Hello. There he is, Drew Davis. You're back on your own show. Thanks for joining us. I had a mouthful of firehouse when you called me. Hello. You're eating a sub? Yeah. Well, hey, you know, I want to let you enjoy your food, man. I don't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What we could no, turn? No no, 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 Okay. No, now. let's do this. Let's do this. You want? Okay, I was gonna say this is long overdue, Drew. I want you to first off, before we even get into opening day, address your loyal listeners here who were left months without a podcast. What do you have to say for yourself?
0: Ah, uh, podcast listeners, listen. You know, I'm a busy guy. I'm working twelve hours a day right now doing whipple ball stuff on the side, doing a little baseball stuff on the side. I'm a busy man, and I'm sorry. That is my fault. There's no excuses for my lack of
3: <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> podcast,
0: uh, put
1: her out of, put her out episodes. Of. Hey, hey I'll, I'll save your apology. It, it's a genuine one, I think. And, and Drew, like you said, he is a busy guy. <laughs> A um, lot on his plate, going, taking classes, working, and there's not one sport out there that Drew Davis at least won't try. I think he's now officially been a college lacrosse player, a college baseball player. Is there anything yeah. else on that list, Drew, of college sports that you've officially played yet?
3: Uh, not, not, <laughs> not yet. We'll see,
0: though.
1: <laughs> I, I would put money on by, by year four or five or however long it takes you to graduate that there'll be more than two on that list. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah. So, Drew now to talk about opening day let me just before i even rattle off my thoughts me and daniel kind of already discussed real quick before we gave you a call but um you know what are your initial thoughts as to reflecting on that series it was a few days ago now um and what do you think about the cobras performance overall we're back oh boy
0: (laughs) baby um no i i i I don't know It, it was it was good um I didn't really know what to expect because, like, I mean, you guys probably knew I was going to play, but, like, to be completely honest, I, I, like, in my – like, I told myself before the series I wasn't going to play Mm -hmm. because of some of the injuries I'm going through, and I mean that in all honesty. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't trying to be dramatic. I just – you know me. I'm really competitive. And when it came down to it, like, I – um. I, I just I was I wanted to play. So
1: yeah, no, no. Um, For the people listening, Drew actually gave me a phone call. Um, I want to say one or do one or two days prior to opening day, saying that there was a good chance he was not going to play. And I know how big of a competitor Drew is, so I was I was shocked to hear this from him, and I knew he was he was serious.
0: Yeah. So like legit going in like to the series, like going into the weekend, I was almost in a, like a really bad mood just because I was like. I'm expecting us to not win the series because mm-hmm. like at the time we only had one pitcher and it's his first game in MLW and so like I was kind of expecting like I'm going into the series like literally going like, okay, I'm the amount of hate I'm gonna get after the <laughs> series and just like it's it's gonna be brutal so I, i'm I'm just kind of glad that not just me but, like our whole team showed out like everybody that played for the Cobras literally, Proved everybody wrong about what they were saying. I mean, look at the stats. Like, Andy's batting 500, Sean's batting something crazy like 600. Brendan's batting really good. He also pitched very, very nicely in Mm -hmm. Game 3 despite the loss. But, um, I mean, I just, like, I'm actually, I'm just honestly really proud of our league, like, at the competition level.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Like, holy cow. If you look at Games 1 and 3, just, like, the amount of competition – it's just so much higher than it
1: was yeah it's
0: like eight i years mean prior
1: yeah and this is only two draft classes in imagine three four five like it's it's crazy how much the league has changed in the last couple of years with the new draft we've implemented
0: and like i i get a little upset at some people who like comment on the videos and are like wow these people take it so seriously why are they taking and like especially me because i'm definitely like one of the more explosive characters and personalities there, there yeah, are. Yeah,
1: I'd, I I'd think that's and safe so, to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, it's, like, it like yeah, it's sure it's a backyard game, but, like, each and every one of
3: us is out there to win. Mm-hmm. Like, Andy, Andy legit said to me the other day,
0: he goes, he goes, I'm not retiring until I win a World Series. <laughs> I,
1: I love the year. Uh, well, no, I and, agree. Like, it, you, everyone's, like, even when you're, like, for me at least, like, and I don't show like too much emotion, I guess, when I play any sport or anything competitive wise, but like, yeah, I don't care if I'm playing wiffle ball, playing when I was playing baseball in high school, if I'm playing a board game with my family, like I want to win everything I do. I, I think yeah. most guys in the league are like that. That's why they keep coming yeah, back year sure. after year after year. And I think, it, it, go ahead. Uh, I'm just saying, it goes down to like a saying I
0: literally, I've grown to really hate and that's when people say it's just a game mm-hmm. because like. Like, everything you do, you should do with, like, 100% intensity Mm -hmm. and, like, to the best of your ability. And, like, if you're not, then, like, what? Honestly, it's a waste of time if you're not doing it to the best of your ability. So
1: I think um, um, this this is kind of off topic, but just kind of building on your point. Like, for those who only watched the documentary from this season about the Gators, it didn't show through as much. But when you watched the one about the Predators two years ago... So Alec Warda has been in this league since he was a child. <laughs> and you could really yeah. tell, like, in that in that interview, like how genuinely
0: happy he was to win that World Series. Yeah. I mean you can see that if he, like You you're flushing the toilet there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> what is going no, on I'm over there? My, I'm washing my hands. I touched my cat <laughs> and like I, I have this my sub and I didn't want to go from cat to
1: sub. Hey just I don't care how bad this audio sounds the fact that Drew Davis is back on Pipe it up is enough for me man. We're, we're so glad to have you. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you. Uh, I actually to build on your point I I um I, I my girlfriend was over and I I showed her we watched the video together like this last game. Mm-hmm. Um got me some huge brownie points by the way.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure.
0: Um, she was like, oh my gosh, you're the wiffle god. And yep. I was like, I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, no, for real though, I was like, "I was like, if you want to see something funny, watch this. And I showed her one of the videos, like 2016, of like me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's you? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And she's like, you look like a little baby
3: child. <laughs> I know.
0: I like, I, I'm like, I know, I acted like one too.
1: <laughs> well, you kind of still but, do, so.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just messing but, with
0: you. No, 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 it's fine. No, but it, it really—it's so funny. Like to look at, like, I and then I showed her a video from like 2011, and like it's so funny to see you guys. <laughs> just,
1: like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, our, our childhoods are documented. I mean, I'm Dan, seven yeah, years Daniel old. Daniel was seven. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what was going on in the world. Yeah. I, I don't even remember my thought, like my internal thoughts when I was a seven-year-old, let alone like how to play a game. Dan, I mean, I was playing Dan. almost travel baseball at the time, but that's just wild. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dan's life was eaten. Pooping, sleeping, and
1: whistleball. Literally. That's why he's so oh, good shit. now. I mean, literally, oh, he's just grown up playing the game.
3: Yeah.
1: But um, to bring it uh, back in here to opening day, I wanted to ask you one final question. So, Baranowski, he did kind of hone it in there game three. Pitched very well. Um, You yourself pitched, I'd say, very well. I mean, okay, there was moments, but in your defense, it was windy. It was a little muddy on the field, so the ball was, you know, getting filled and the scuffs and whatnot. But you had your moments, too, where on the mound you looked great. Um, and, you know, all, every, almost everyone in the league sees, you know, inconsistencies from time to time. But do you think as of right now, you have like a long-term plan for how you're going to treat your pitching rotation?
0: Um, I think for the most part, yeah. I, there are still some unique strategies that we might test out um, in certain series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for right now, um, I think we do. Um, as of now like I will probably be pitching two games just until Barron can kind of because I honestly like when I drafted Barron like my expectations were like that I would step down from being the ace Mm -hmm. um, and Barron would kind of take that role over and like I don't think he's a lost cause yet I I really think people need to pump the brakes like I've been seeing a lot of stuff about about Barron and his pitching and like for people that don't understand people I, I don't think people really comprehend like what happens to the wiffle ball yeah. throughout the series. Oh, yeah. Definitely.
1: It's, it's, it's So you have to be there kind of I, thing. You have to actually throw it to experience that.
0: Especially for certain pitchers, like, especially for me, a lot, because, like, a lot of my, like, I don't throw, I throw, I have two grips, and I throw every pitch with those two grips just from a different arm angle. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, twist my wrist or anything like that. Like, I know you, like, kind of flick your your your, gy- your gypsy drop yeah like i don't do any i don't do any of that and when when your, when your pitches rely that heavily just on like the yeah. grip g- how you grip the ball yeah
2: same that makes scu- sense
0: this, the way the ball is scuffed makes like a world's difference because mm-hmm. like you can throw your gypsy unscuffed or scuffed
1: correct yeah it's um, a little different I, but pr- overall correct
0: yeah and but, um, you know me i've never been a like, i've never been able to s- throw unscuffed balls
3: mm-hmm and so, like, when that ball starts to go, i
0: that's why I took myself out because I was like, i, I it's not going to, I'm like, I knew in my head, I go, it's not going to get any better for me. I'm not going to, like, start magically pitching better and the ball is not going to get any better. So, like, I'm not going to try and compound this. I might as well try something different. And so if anyone was, like, wondering, like, why I made that move, that's why. And also, the, the main point of this is it's way too early, like, Say anything about Baron because, like, the ball he had to deal with in mm-hmm. the second game and it being his first MLW game ever, yeah, like, that's it's it's extremely tough. So, like, I uh. just applaud him for, for like getting us out of it, yeah. yeah. And I game mean, three was a testament to who he actually is, like, yeah. a one, a one, one mistake riser that got hit for a homer, mm-hmm. and that's that's it. So that's what I told. Like I know I'm in I'm in one of like the MLW discords. Like I literally told everybody. I'm like, guys,
3: game
0: three, there I'm like, game three, Baron is average Baron. Game two is an outlier. Like you're not going to see that again mm-hmm. because of what we were doing. Like, both teams were literally asking for the ball to be changed. It wasn't just us. Like both, like it was both me and Chris. I think you can attest to that. Chris was even like, this ball is like not doing what we wanted to do.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. That that's a problem every once in a while that we've had. Um, I, yeah. I remember like. I can remember certain series where I was getting frustrated with the ball, but that's just part of the game. Um, and that's why we left the, we left the ball in there for the, all of game two because just because just to keep it consistent for the entire game. Um, I To comment on you, you're talking about the move you made to bring in Baron earlier and whatnot. I think unbiasedly, I wouldn't necessarily agree with the move you made, but I can see why you did it. But I also think that anyone who's been watching this league for several years now knows to never judge a rookie pitcher based off their first appearance so yeah i absolutely 100 think that baron the only place he has to go is up and he even pitched great in game three so like yeah
0: he hit well too
1: yeah he hit the ball your whole team hit the ball very very well me and yeah, i'm so excited about, for the lineup i'm oh. so
0: excited for the lineup yeah you yeah,
1: you're gonna keep bringing all four you think at least for now
0: yeah i mean i that that's a little inside scoop like, like we it was a long it was like a five-minute discussion between our team like whether or not we were going to bat three or four mm-hmm. the first game. Like, it was either we're just going to sit bare in the first game and we'll come into pitch game two or something like that. But I was like, but then we like, I, I, it was Andy. It was, honestly, he was like, he was like, he was like hit baron. And I was like, okay. And we did it and he did really well. So yeah. I'm glad Andy told me to do that because mm-hmm. um, I just, I mean, I, I will go on record saying our lineup is the best lineup in the league. And I, I, wouldn't even say it's close. Like our lineup, I trust more than any lineup mm-hmm.
1: than in, in MLW. Hey, well, you're you're a confident, man, as you always have been. And I, after that performance, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I mean, you guys look great all through and through. I know you got shut out in Game Three, but you, overall throughout the whole day, you guys were very consistent.
0: Yeah, I just hope. I mean, next series is going to be the. Te- it's always the second series for us. If we can pull out mm-hmm. a, a win in the second series, like I think everyone will say,
3: "Oh, it's not a fluke." But as soon as like as soon as we
0: lose that, that second series, if that's what happens, then like, um, people are definitely going to be watching out for how we do the rest of the season and saying,
1: you know, it's the regular Cobras. They start off hot and cold. Yep, yep. That's definitely a theme we've seen in the past. Well, Drew, do you have any final comments you want to add for Cobra Nation here on your appearance back? And also to the Pipe It Up Nation. I was
0: going to say, man, I don't think I have any for Cobra Nation, but... Pipe it up, nation. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, I'm definitely, I'll definitely try. I know, like between, like between all of us, like I know, like you're definitely taking, like make like taking a huge role with it now. Like you've done, like you've done, you did the last episode. Oh yeah, I, this, I told them. This episode.
1: I told, I told the fans we're we're here to stay, and whether it's me, Drew, Dan, Kyle, whoever, but I said they can, they can expect an episode every week for sure.
0: I know Agner. be yep. on there. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely try and get on, um, but, like, again, I said, like, I'm de- I am working, like, I'm working two jobs right now, boys, mm-hmm. so, um, Brandon. I am trying my hardest, so, yep. yes, and, like, I told, like, I told Tom the other day, like, I was gonna try and get on last episode, but I literally got home at, like, 11 and then had to work the next day at, like, 8, and I was like, I'm dead tired, bro, mm-hmm. but... Uh, go go yeah. show
1: go show some support for Drew and his DMs. He's he's going through. He's grinding. <laughs> yeah. and he needs that support to keep. He needs to keep these wins going for the Cobras. That gives him it gives him the joy he needs.
0: Yeah. Honestly, bro, I need that. I need the joy.
1: He needs the dubs. Well, hey, I think a lot of people are rooting for you, Drew, and um, you got a good season on the horizon from what I can see.
0: Thanks, man. Hey, good luck with your first game. Hey, hopefully I
1: this year we both make the playoffs. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey,
0: hey, Tom, it's Tom not I know too much why there's a lot of talk of a 2017 rematch. So.
1: Hey, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm so here for that. That'd be awesome. That would be.
2: Yeah,
0: I know, right?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'd, be, I'd be pumped for that, bro. Hey, we'll, we'll reflect on this conversation when it happens, all right?
0: All right, sounds good, man.
1: All right, Drew, we will talk to you later. We're going to go check in with Zerlag now on his thoughts.
0: All right, tell, tell that loser he sucks
1: at golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I'll say when he answers the phone. <laughs> All, right. All, right, All
0: right, see you guys. Later, Drew.
1: Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, there he Drew was, is. your lord and savior, Drew Davis. I should really stop calling him that, but it was good to have him back on. And I, I do think that Drew wishes he could be um, more of the permanent host as he was in previous episodes of Pipe It Up. And I think we could get back, get back to that point at some point later this year. But for now – We're going to kind of play it by ear each week, but once again, there's going to be an episode every single week, no matter what. And um, Drew mentioned on the call, Agner wants to get more involved as well, and I mentioned that last week too. Um, Dan, before we call Zerlag, do you have any surprises with what Drew said, Um, anything you disagree with him about, or is that pretty much what you expected to hear?
2: Yeah, I had a few things, but uh, I'm so happy uh, and so excited to just see how this Drew Davis and Zerlag rivalry just keeps going. And <laughs> I want to see it again in the playoffs. Hope that'd be awesome. But you know, I'm still a little skeptical. Like I do think the Cobras played legit in the first series, but uh, I, I'm seri- I'm curious to see if they can keep it going. That's their biggest question in every season: is can they keep it going into the season or into the postseason? And I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. The
1: only reason that makes me think otherwise about this season being legit for them is because, you know, in the past, when the wheels – for a lot of teams, you know, when when the pitcher's not on, um, like, the wheels can come off the bus pretty fast. And Drew has not – even though Andy's a solid player and Sean was an all-star last year and, like, he had a good lineup overall, but Drew has not had any, like, anyone to turn to on the mound. So when he's like in his head, getting emotional and then like gives up out there, he literally has no one. Where now this year, say Drew um uh, like gives up a homer or two and then is striking out at the plate and he's having one of his days that we've all seen in the past on YouTube. Um now he can just put Baronowski out there. Yeah. And like that can that can if, if Baronowski has a has a little bit more of a steady head on his shoulders, like that can carry them through a series and get one or two more wins they might need to get a higher seed in the postseason or to make a postseason at all. So I think that's the difference as to why I think they're.
2: And like like Drew was saying, like originally I was very skeptical during the series when he pulled himself in Game Two, mm-hmm. just because of like how poorly Baranowski did. But like after rewatching the video and rethinking it, like Drew, like you could tell, like he was not throwing strikes. He, I think, honestly, maybe it was a good managerial move that ba- Baranowski didn't obviously pan through. But it probably wouldn't have changed. And like mm-hmm. you can see that he trusts Baranowski now, even mm-hmm. though it was a rough first outing. At least he trusts him now and in the future he can go to him again.
1: Yeah, that was just a really tough spot for um him to come into as a rookie and I kind of knew it would be a disaster, but I mean he pitched well in game three, so maybe I'm wrong there, I don't know. But yeah. I think that's all my thoughts on the Cobras. But I'm I don't think Zerla is gonna be quite as positive. No,
2: about- I mean I think it is a little bit of a World Series hangover for the Gators. Um I don't think they have anything to uh I don't think they have anything to worry about really. I think it was just a little bit of a poor pitching might have been from the ball being cracked and the weather. Mm -hmm. I think their bets will pick up. I think their pitching will pick up. Uh, They're going to be tough in the NL.
1: Yeah. These early series that we play here in Michigan, um, you know, we usually start early May and like the first round for every team is in May, our first set of games. And it's usually chilly. You can always count on, which was surprising. Um, You know, opening day was windy, but not as bad as we've seen in the past, but usually in May it's high winds, very difficult to pitch. It's usually wet outside. Um, it can be rainy, so you really don't feel that summer weather here in Michigan until like mid June at least. So these early series are always tough to judge teams off of.
2: Plus, yeah, like the first season or the first first series of the year, there's usually some you know jitters going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not as like well oiled. You're not well oiled like later in the season. Um, your pitches, you know, they need some more practice. Need some more work. Um, so you're just kind of getting used to back to the grind of the season.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I just gave Zerlag his old warning text here. He hasn't he hasn't read it yet, but we're gonna we're gonna give him a call here, and hopefully uh, hopefully we get him here. Let's see. I want to hear his thoughts on the series. How's it going? Oh, Zerlag, how's it going, my guy? I'm here with Daniel Schultz. We are live on the Pipe it Up podcast. How are you doing today on your Monday evening?
3: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know. Oh, 9 30 uh just chilling out unfortunately i uh got
1: quarantined again oh no man what are you quarantined for school,
3: for school? yeah well, someone on the baseball team tested positive so do you do you
1: have it days. or so you, you were exposed to someone who tested positive
3: yeah i i don't have it oh,
1: yeah. tested negative. Yeah, i think i think we've all been there now we're now that we're over a year into this thing it's definitely annoying but the vaccines are rolling out which is A good thing in the grand scheme of things in my opinion but we're not going to get too much into that um the reason I am calling you today is just to get your thoughts um overall on opening day against the Cobras I know you guys only took one out of three of those games we just talked to Drew and got his perspective on things I just wanted to know how you assess your series and your performance both personally and for the Gators overall um that was played last week yeah,
3: so I'll walk through it game by game. So we'll start off with the first Beautiful. game. Well, actually, we'll, we'll start off with before the game.
1: So. Oh, okay. Sure, all <laughs> the way back. Uh, I, th- I think all three of us, me, Chris, and Georgie, we're, all, we're super excited for the game. We were ready for it. I and mean, we had some high expectations, like I said in the interview before the game. Like, oh, yeah, as you I mean, should. We have a target on our back, we
3: think. And especially, I'd say, Drew is my arch nemesis. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so when we got into game one, you know, I, I always give, have uh, Georgie and Chris decide who wants to start each game. Okay. because those, I let them pitch no matter what, so they can decide who's who's got the nastier stuff in warm-ups. So Georgie said he's going to pitch the first game, which I was completely fine with, especially since he went into the spring training game, so yep. he had a little bit more experience. Mm-hmm. But um, that game, you know, our I would just say our bats weren't really rolling. I mean, that's how, kind of how the whole series went, I, I believe, we only. had Two hits, Chris home run in my single in game two. Mm-hmm. So I'd say our bats is definitely where we need to start working more. Um, the walks, obviously, both teams were highly affected. Yeah. Um, first first game wasn't quite terrible. They were just hitting really well. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate to say it, they did outplay us. Mm-hmm. But um, the second game, uh, that, that was just a brutal one, you know. Yeah, we,
1: we talked we talked um with Drew about Game Two and just how like the ball was a factor, how it, like it was you know it was scuffed pretty well in Game One. We saw the walks weren't quite as a factor, and then in Game Two because it was a little wet outside, you know, some of the scuffs were filled with mud and dirt, and it was it was windy as well, so it definitely wasn't ideal. And then we brought the new ball in for Game Three, which seemed to make an improvement. But yeah, I mean that's just part of the game as we talked about. But obviously, you could see on both sides it was affecting the
3: teams. Yeah, I mean I. They said, uh, Chris said that a couple times, like, I, I believe him, obviously, because it's was, it was obviously affecting the Red Baron, also. <laughs> yes. But, um, I mean, I really know what to do, because, like, we talked about it, like, switching the ball in between, but, I mean, that will just kind of be, like, inconsistent, because mm-hmm. that, that would completely change, like, the, how the game plays out, yep. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But, um, I still think, even though, with, like, the ball not having as much movement, we definitely still should have easily taken that game. I mean, we got down drastically, and then we came back with who knows how many walks.
1: <laughs> yeah, quite, quite a bit. I had the,
3: yeah, I had the only hit, and that was in the first inning, and we needed not score in the first inning, mm-hmm. so all our runs were just... I mean, it's good that we're seeing the ball good, I would say, because, I mean, it helps our discipline, because that's definitely going to be a huge factor in these yep. next couple of series, especially with all the pitching and the new new prospects that are going to be in the league that everyone's going to be facing. Yeah, But, uh, it was yeah, it was definitely disappointing going into the bottom of the third. I mean, we thought we had a game in the bag. I mean, there's no one to blame. I mean, we just couldn't finish it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's wiffle ball. I mean, it, it can change quick, especially with walks. They can add up fast when you lose your confidence, especially on a day where, you know, there's other factors in, in play. Uh, it can be tough.
3: Yeah, and I think that's what makes it so interesting because... I mean, even like baseball, baseball is a very pitch by pitch type of game. Mm -hmm. But I mean, wiffle ball is obviously faster paced. And like, just like that, just in five minutes, it was completely turned around. Yeah, it
1: it did happen. Like, now you say that, like in real time. And I think it kind of showed through in the video, too, like how quickly the score changed. That's how it felt. Like, it was like, okay, the, the Gators are getting blown out, and then, like, you blink an eye, and all of a sudden, it's like, wait, the Gators are up by, like, five runs. How did this happen? And then, all of a sudden, the game's tied. It was, like, just yeah. such a whirlwind of emotions, and it all happened relatively fast. So, it was crazy to watch. I think it was exciting to watch, but I know, I'm sure it was a huge bummer for you guys to drop the first two games of the season.
3: Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, seeing the fans' reactions in the comments, I mean, we kind of all expected it. yeah But uh, that third game was, I think that was... Uh, gator wiffle ball for you. I mean, that was a lot, like how mo- most of our games last year were mm-hmm. pretty low scoring and our pitching just dominated and we have the occasional home run.
1: Yep, cheat him with a little blast to right field like he did so many times last year. Um, yeah. I guess one Go thing ahead. I wanted to ask you, yeah, you, you just kind of said um, in game three that was like old gator wiffle ball. So, yeah, it doesn't sound like you're too concerned, you know, moving forward here, even though you guys did drop two out of three to a team who – didn't make the playoffs last year. You know, they had the number one draft pick, which makes a huge difference as you've been impacted by big time. So yeah. Is there any major concerns in your eyes to changing game plans or anything? Or is it going to be just kind of just stick to what you guys have done in the past and, and trust your stuff? No, I think, I don't think we we don't really have any concerns. I mean, us three kind of talked
3: about it. We're like, I mean, we went to dinner after like, I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, we, it happened to us at the end of the year last year. We started losing series, but we just got to bounce back, you know. That Cobra team is a good team. I mean, they're going to be one
1: that I think every team should definitely watch out for. Yeah, I agree.
3: I, I agree. Don't think people think people, the fans and other players realize that. I mean, that's the best I've ever seen Drew play.
1: Yeah, they just, as a team, hit the ball so, so well. And it wasn't like it was home run ball after home run ball. It was just hitting line drives. Like Yeah,
3: put putting everything in play yeah
1: yeah it was very that's why it was fun to watch as well but um all right well i don't want to keep you too long um do you have any final comments you wanted to add anything we didn't touch on
3: uh no i think i'm good i just want to let the fans know i mean stay stay on the gator train if you're on it don't oh yeah don't let that one series affect you we'll be back we'll be better than we were and uh just can't wait for the rest of the season
1: Alright, yeah. If you guys got any questions for Zerlag, you can send them to us on Instagram at pipe it up mlw. Um, but yeah, Zerlag, thanks for coming on and um, we'll be talking soon. Of course. Alright, thanks, dog. See you. Peace. All right. That's kind of that's kind of how I expected that conversation to go. What do you think, Dan?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the gators will be fine. Zerlag's not one to worry. The exact opposite true, <laughs> if you will. But uh yeah, I guess I didn't realize how A lack of hitting there was I think he said only two hits in the whole series I Mm -hmm. think so like I didn't realize that I didn't realize their bats struggled that much but I still think they'll be able to pick it up they'll be fine
1: yeah I agree just because Cheatham and Jorgensen's arsenal are both they were both consistent last year so um, I don't think they have too much to be worried about and they did play well in game three with a shutout win Cheatham with the home run so yeah I think the Gators are all right and once again it's just just further proof to how competitive this is you know there's eight teams. Two of them aren't making the playoffs and only one team's going to win this thing. And I can't—I couldn't tell you who's going to end up where. What I do know this year is that whoever is going to raise the trophy at the end of the year, that's, that's a well-deserved yeah, trophy. Definitely. <laughs> this, is, this is not an easy feat anymore, winning these titles.
2: Yeah, there's never been a point in time in my whatever it is, like 12-year career of football where like, all eight teams are pretty even. Like there was always like some teams where you knew like, okay, we could kind of beat up on these teams or at least know you're going to win the series, but it's never been like this before.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our discussion on opening day. And now it is time for the question of the day. Let's go. Q.
0: Q. 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 Of the day.
1: All right. Today's fan question of the day comes on Instagram from Mikey Bolling, I believe is how you say his name. And he asked us, why did MLW get rid of the minor leagues, Dan? You want to touch on this at all? You want me to take it? Uh, you can start it out. Okay, so from my perspective on things, and for those who don't know, um, you could the videos are still on YouTube. We actually did expand into a you know we called it our MLW AAA League that featured I think I want to say it was four teams. I don't even remember. It was a couple years ago, but I want to say it was four teams of kids you know in their um, upper middle school ages to younger high school ages who um w- wanted to get involved in the league but we didn't have any spots they showed interest and we thought there was potential there so we made a little mini league and let them play and we kind of scouted things out one of those guys was brendan Zerlag, who we just heard from and now he's a mlw world series champion his team did win the minor leagues but why we got rid of him in my opinion was because of just how much content we were already had um lined up surrounding you know our actual you know mlw league that you guys love so much and um, the minor league was not only um, just a break in that content flow on YouTube, but was also a break in time for us, you know, because we had to go out there three or four times throughout the season, our season, which is a very busy time. Um, not that we're out there every day or anything, but it's, it's very difficult to um, just coordinate getting everyone and all these players to each and every series. You'd be surprised how many conflicts we run into throughout the year. So having to try to toss in, you know, four extra dates of the minor league games for content that, in my opinion, the fans didn't appreciate as much just wasn't worth it in the long run. But, Dan, I'm yeah. curious to see what you That's think. That's kind of so.
2: what I was going to say. Like, when you're watching baseball, like, especially, like, new viewers, like, you're not going to go and say, okay, let's watch AAA first. Like, in the MLB, like, you want to watch the best players, the best teams. And so we thought if we put more of our attention onto the top teams, the the high league, then that would be the best possible route for our league. And also, I kind of think, like, the AAA League, it served its purpose. Like, we found the players that are the most dedicated. We Mm -hmm. found Zerlag, and we put them on the Gators. And then once that kind of – we implemented the new franchise with the Gators, there there wasn't really a need for the AAA League anymore.
1: Yeah, because now, even though there's no so-called AAA League or minor league system at the moment, we kind of already have something in place that's doing the same thing. You know, we added the Winter League in the winter of 2020 that was where players were drafted from in the first ever draft and then we were going to do that again this winter over 2021 and um, but that was canceled due to covid so we weren't able to do that this year but it's still a plan for the future and we also have our tournament circuits as well which also features you know eligible players to be drafted so those two things the winter league and the tournaments kind of are serving the purpose of what the triple a league was which was to find new talent for the league
2: and you never know; we might go back to it because exactly. I, I do like uh, I did like how the AAA league, you know, kept some of the players. It was more of a younger group of kids playing. Mm-hmm. But I think Tommy's right; like we have the tournament circuit anyways, and from that pool of players, we have enough, you know, to serve as a good draft class in each draft that we've done so far. So I think uh, we'll see in the future. But for now, uh, the AAA just it didn't need to be it uh, for the future.
1: Yeah. So I hope that answers your question, Mikey. And if you guys want to ask a question of the day yourself, or we might answer it on the pipe it up podcast, please DM it to either myself at tcoggan32 or to the pipe it up MLW Instagram as well. And we will review those questions and pick one each week. All right. Now, Dan, the man of the hour, the special guest today. So happy to have him. You have an important series coming up, the first one of the year for the Eagles, where you're playing the downtown Diamondbacks, who are kind of a surging team in the NL. They had a very hot finish to their season last year. I have a good draft pick, in my opinion, in Michael Shima. So I want to just hear your kind of expectations for that series and for your season as a whole for this Eagles team, which features a group of veterans and then two young guns who have never seen the field before.
2: Yeah, I think definitely... The Eagles are in a weird spot here, and I can go over like each one of our players. Last year, you know, we made it to the top. We got to the, you know, NLCS um, with a wide range of players. You know, we had Lucier and Clayton and Neil and Zach. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've we have a lot of players, um, but this year with the two draft picks, Blade and Dallas, super excited about them. They are young. And they're still playing baseball, so I am still unsure of if they're going to make every series. But I'm going to try to have them come to as many series as their schedule allows. Um, I'm really super excited about Dallas. Um, yeah. his, his pitching stuff is filthy. I can't believe I got him at uh, three in the draft. Blade also, I think, is going to be a great hitter. Um, yeah, they're both great athletes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how they do early on. They're definitely both going to play this year. We do have maybe six guys that I want to play for sure, although obviously you can only have five uh, actives. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to kind of balance between, you know, Blade, Neal. Whoever's really performing the best will stay in those active roles. But for now, I'm going to kind of experiment, see who I want out there on the field. But yeah, I mean, I got a lot of guys on the roster, so it's going to be tough managing for sure.
1: Yeah, you got, you got your hands full, and I think, yeah, Dallas and Blade, I've already said this before on this podcast, and I, I can't remember where else, but I've mentioned it many times that I think this is like a perfect draft for the Eagles. You guys didn't really need any talent urgently necessarily, but these two guys, they already have chemistry, they're young, they have a lot of passion for wiffle balls. We've seen at our tournaments they've made a big impact. They actually won the wiffle in the mitten tournament last year, and they were dominant. Um, they're both – not only talented athletes, but great wiffle ball players. And they're also just good kids. I actually I sent a message to Dallas after the last tournament just like thanking him for coming out and thanking him for being like a positive role model for all the other kids out there and he was just he was just a good he's just like the ideal person that I, like I would love to meet at the tournament. It's just nice kid, um, likes to play, is competitive, has fun, you know, just just a perfect um just a perfect example for all the other kids in his age division because he was one of the older ones.
2: Yeah, so. I'm definitely glad to, you know, I've gotten closer to him a little bit. I'll hopefully get to know him a little more as the season progresses. But they definitely have uh, been very appreciative of the opportunity, and I can't wait to keep going with them throughout the season.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, thanks for that, um, Dan. And I'm you know, I'm not going to say that I'm necessarily rooting for you or the D-backs because you guys are both in the National League, which is where I'm competing. But I'm, I'm interested to see what goes down. I've mentioned that I think Shima is a great pickup. He was on that Livonia City wiffleball team in the Winter League that featured Norp and Sailor. Those two were the only two drafted from that team. Shima was the one kind of left out there. So um, I think he's got something to prove. And um, if he pans out like Sailor and Norp have, this kid's going to be phenomenal. So uh, I'm excited to see how he plays as well. But good luck in that series.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And definitely in the spring training, the D-backs look solid. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, they're, they're going to be a real threat this year. Shima looked good, and uh, Norp, I think, can be an MVP candidate.
1: I agree with that as well. All right, well, we wanted to end the show today. It was something a little fun. Now, Dan, when I asked Dan if he had any interesting stories to share with all of you, he said, yeah, I had a I had a vaccine <laughs> debacle. That was his words. So, so, Dan, tell us about your so-called vaccine debacle.
2: Yeah, I'll try to keep it short, but uh, to give some context— um. So yeah, I got the Johnson Johnson vaccine. One oh, shot. I'm, I'm
1: a Pfizer guy. I got my first Pfizer shot today, actually.
2: But anyways, besides the point, um, I got the vaccine. Was feeling fine, and then like night comes, and I'm, I get super. I got super tired at like 9:30, and I usually stay up to like 2 a.m. So not a good sign. Um, and then I go to bed and eat some peaches because I <laughs> hadn't had much of an appetite the whole day. <laughs> what time did you eat the peaches at? we'll get to that but uh oh boy. that was basically the whole thing the only thing i ate that day and in like 2 a.m my stomach is growling <laughs> i i i'm in pitch darkness and i'm going i need a I need to find a bucket <laughs> <laughs> and luckily enough i turn on the lights and there's like a little like a bucket holding <laughs> some clothes and so i'm just laying in my bed for like an hour finally get the courage <laughs> to just Stop holding it in and just release it. Oh, no, Dan. Um, So that was – but that was good though because I got it out of the system. I felt a lot better, but I kind of figured out the problem. It wasn't just like – obviously, it was probably a vaccine symptom, but also the peaches were (laughs) a year old. (laughs) So – and for for some context, I should have probably known better because – I was staying at my grandma's house, uh, and she – I don't know her exact age, but I think she's like 87 or something. she's getting up there. She's getting up there. And so she doesn't have the luxury of always getting to the grocery store (laughs) on a timely manner. So, yeah, these peaches were a year old. Um, (laughs) I should have checked the date. And one last funny... <laughs> well, how are peaches even... Was it like a... Uh, it was like diced peaches. So it was the diced it wasn't, peaches like a little
1: plastic container? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like
2: canned peaches. But did they taste so fine? So it wasn't like I couldn't see from the outside. Did they taste fine? Yeah, they tasted normal. I thought... Even even after, I'm like, okay, well, these are these are probably still fine. I don't know. It's not like a... I mean, it's... Maybe not. I don't uh, know. But well, it obviously was not fine. It's funny.
1: The reason I'm laughing over here is because we were just at my grandma's house um, like a few weeks back, and we found... We were what were we eating? We were eating something. I don't know why, but we came across a thing of sour cream in there that expired <laughs> in two thousand fourteen. Oh my god! I swear it's a thing because yeah, I mean if you don't if you don't use certain condiments and you buy them and then they sit in your fridge and oh, next thing you know five years go by and no one's touched it.
2: Yeah, and the one last thing about at my grandma's house is I recently learned that um, in the basement of my grandma's house there's a fridge that we are literally not allowed to open. Why is that? There's there's literally like meat in there that's oh. probably been in there for like 20 years. Oh <laughs> god. <laughs> And It wasn't my fault. I was not the one who did this. <laughs> oh but uh, yeah, so we're my family's still figuring out how to deal with that. We need probably,
1: like a you need like a hazmat suit. To yeah, go in you there. literally, you're, if you open that, you're toast, man. I, I'd be it'd be a crime to not do an office re, office reference here. It's like when Dwight says, "Where are all your hazmat suits?" and no one has one. He goes, <laughs> "Ugh, renters. <laughs> you need a hazmat suit." <laughs> yeah, so we're we're gonna have to figure that one out. But that's oh, pretty disgusting. That is gross. Expired food. I've eaten. I've taken a bite of, like, shredded cheese before that was nasty that's expired. Dis- that's disgusting. What else did I eat? I was in my – my dad was yapping at me a couple days ago because I'm, I'm home from – I graduated from Michigan State um, a few weeks back. So I'm living at home now, and I'll probably stay there for at least a year to save up and then figure out what I want to do. But anyway, I'm home now, and um, – my dad's like, oh, you got to eat this hummus. I bought this hummus for you and you haven't eaten it. And I'm like, okay. So I, gra- I grab this hummus and I'm about to go at it with some chips or something. And I look on the lid and it expired in January. I'm like, dad, I'm not eating this hummus. Why not? Does it smell fine? I'm like, I don't know, but it expired four months ago. I'm not about to eat this hummus. So think let goes. us know. I want DMs from people. Oh my Do your parents... <laughs> Try to make you eat expired food because that's happened to me multiple times where my dad will look at something and say, "Uh, oh, it's fine. Just eat it. And I go, no, you eat it. I don't want to eat this. Hey, I took, I took a semester of culinary in high school, senior year, spring. I highly recommend it if you can fit it in your schedule. It was a great experience. It was a good snack before baseball every day. But you know what my teacher told me, Mrs. Quackenbush? She said, <laughs> when in doubt – throw it out. That was the motto. Yep. That's what I do. One doubt, you throw it out. I'm not getting food poisoning like Dirty Dan over here eating hummus that's four months old. It's not worth no, it. No,
2: if I would have known that, I definitely would not have eaten it. <laughs> I, I am very picky it's about eating foods. I know. I'm very uh, picky about eating foods that are
1: expired. Food poisoning sucks. I don't want to get on another huge tangent, but I got food poisoning once on vacation in Myrtle oh, Beach my and gosh. it was horrible, but... All right. Well, there's your fun story for the day. I think we're going to make that some kind of recurring segment. We'll have to figure out a name for it, but um, we're, we want to include some kind of random <laughs> funny slash embarrassing slash gross vomit story like Daniel <laughs> just shared with us that's, every episode just yeah. to keep you guys interested in our daily lives. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Pipe It Up. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Dan, you got anything to add?
2: No, man. That was fun being on the podcast again. I'll definitely uh, be back soon, hope.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. We filmed this one today. We are in the Schultz basement where Pipe It Up was kind of born, down in this basement. Not with our original recording equipment, because it's with Drew in Grand Rapids, Michigan. But we're gonna try to bring that all in shortly. So we apologize for any issues with audio and whatnot. But ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna wrap up another episode. This was Pipe It Up. Testing, testing, I'm testing, testing, testing. Dan, how we doing today, Dan?
2: Testing, 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 testing. F is for friends who who do stuff together. together. U U is is for you you. and me.